and uh, we have a high pressure front moving in around 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, should be partially cloudy skies and a low of 43. Now, against station management's wishes, here is our brief episode of Draft the Universe. Nights? Nights! Oh, it's good to be back on the air, Chris. So very good. Oh, it's been a long time since we've been on the air. You might be wondering to yourself, have I dozed off while laying down for my after-dinner coffee? Just listening to the hour-long weather report and going, man, that guy, the weather guy, his energy is just so low. You might be wondering... Man, wouldn't that weather guy be much improved by some nose candy? He would. Nice. Nice. <laughs> okay, and we're back. And, uh, okay, coming in tomorrow, we've got a high of 65. And weather, just the wind's coming in at, at like, 45 to 45 miles an hour. And it's, it's coming real fast, so you gotta want to make, make sure you got your jacket and a hat that stays on. All right, and, uh, back to you. Secrets. Secrets. Nights. Theme song. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafer. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. Do you like that? Uh, the, let's, let's, let's roll it back for a second, because rather than try to interrupt <laughs> you, what if I'm your hype man? I mean, if you want to get a big white towel and wave it while standing behind me, that is something I will pay you for your services for. Okay. <laughs> Let's take it from the top, all right? So, okay. Just like, don't don't fuck with the the cadence too much. Okay. Hello, internet, and welcome back to Draft, Draft the, the universe. universe. This is the Nerdfight Battle Royal. Battle Royal. This is what? the podcast where we pick a topic, and Draft then we pick our, our favorites. Favorites. And then they fight to the death, or maybe just, just for, for bragging, bragging rights. rights. I'm Jafar. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. Ben! Yeah. And we're here today Chris, to you draft. never wrote full Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> ben, you uh, you are correct, sir. I did I, I did a bad thing right there. It's okay. It's okay, Chris. Sometimes Sometimes it's okay to go full Oprah. I saw Oprah's house when I was in the uh, in the tropics on vacation recently. Neat. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, it was very very. I mean, very sur- far away from sur- Oprah's house. Surprising. No, no, no. I was in the same bay as Oprah's house. It was ah. on this this very nice island, and the guides pointed us at, pointed it out that that's Oprah's house and that is um, uh, uh, Stedman's shanty. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know why Stedman has always been a sailor in my head canon, but the other the other celebrity, I don't know, sailing about. It seems like his thing. I don't know. The other major celebrity on this island was George Foreman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And his kids, George Foreman, George Foreman, George Foreman, George Foreman, George Foreman, and George. I think he's got six, six or seven. Yeah. Wait, is this a, is this a joke? No, he no. Named all of his kids, George Foreman. Every last one. Is there any differentiation between them? I mean, in name, no. In yes, they're people with different interests, hobbies, lives, and ages, Chris, and genders. <laughs> are you certain the boys are George? The girls are George? <laughs> are you certain that it's not just seven um, identical clones pulled out of a? Out of, a, out of a cloning vat? I've never met George Foreman's children to confirm or deny that fact. Yeah. But what I have met in my day is some <laughs> gritty reboots. Okay. Oh, that segue! That was... <laughs> that was my worst segue ever. Um, <laughs> it was, that was bad. That was... That was... <laughs> such a bad segue that you jumped on it, it hit you in the nuts, and caught on fire. But yeah, gritty reboots. Yeah. Um, that's oh, what we're well. gonna draft today. Before we get to gritty reboots, yes, there is an important thing I need to bring up. We have so much more to talk about, George well, Foreman. No, <laughs> this is, I, and I mentioned before we started, there was one thing I had to bring up. You did. Uh, our last episode was our cheese cheese ah, was our cheese draft and debate. Yes, I went into that thinking I'm lactose intolerant. Oh no! We have now come to the the <laughs> hypothesis. I'm actually allergic to dairy. <laughs> oh, the no. time in between that draft and the present has been horrible. <laughs> oh, I'm the, so sorry, to ben. the point where I have, I have now like completely cut like any hints of dairy out of my my uh, diet, and I'm actually feeling significantly better. Okay. I still have a small bit of the headache that I've had for. Probably the last year, but it's mostly I mean, gone away. Okay. <laughs> well, there's also the fact that we don't know where any of the milk in the bunker comes from. So True. It, no. could, it could come from the man spiders, for all that we know. I mean, they, they they are mammals, but they do have a carapace. But they have nipples. We've seen them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I mean, I failed zoology. Let me just say, it's not something that you forget seeing. No. Cryptozoology, perhaps? I, I also failed it's only, alien it's only, crypto, it's only cryptozoology if you haven't woken up with one of these things on your chest, after which it's just zoology. It exists. Clearly it exists. I woke up with one on my chest this morning. Okay, well, um, sorry. And gritty reboots. Yes, so. gritty reboots. <laughs> I am very excited for this. Uh, there is a There are a lot of interesting options for this one. I am very... Very excited. Um, I have. I'm not. I have a gambit, but I'm not gonna do it. Uh, but I'm going to take part of the gambit as one of my picks, and then I will explain the gambit. If only because I found a Russian nesting doll of gritty reboots. That, that sounds could, like its own gambit. <laughs> that could fill an entire draft ring. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, for the sake of interesting pod, I'm not going to do it. Because you can only have so many gritty reboots of the same thing and make jokes and fair enough and uh, be interesting to listen to, so I'm gonna avoid that. But I will. I'll bring it up later. Just wait for it, listener. Now, before we go into this, I need to have one important question answered. 
Okay. Is a Joe Cocker cover a gritty reboot? Ooh. Um. It is gritty. His but voice it, is gritty. I don't think it's a reboot. Oh, I think it. I think covers are reboots. Covers are reboots. If we take cover and he consider is, it a is, reboot, he is and the then we take barge. Joe Cocker and consider it gritty. Which we do. Chimbley Mage, that's what it was. Yeah, the Arch, Arch Chimbley, Chimbley Mage. Mage. Yes. Um, I would consider Joe Cocker to be a gritty reboot. Because this is where my, my, my path diverges in the woods. Because if we consider that a gritty reboot, that's one path. If not, I understand it, and I accept it, and I have other plans. If we... I'm afraid if we don't allow that, I'm going to spend my entire draft fighting for the things that I want. So I'll allow it. Okay, so I guess we're just going to go a total free-for-all, no, no, Chris, no rules, Chris, just right this time. Chris, you, you can... <laughs> I, I am... I will not... I will not fight any more than I normally would. The banana hat is staying off. We okay. had a... Uh, the, the cheese allergy <laughs> made yeah. my head swell up so much I can't put it back on, because it was already a tight fit to begin with. Um, <laughs> we have no hat that fits they, you, senor. <laughs> so so th- it, it was sold as one size fits all. I can confirm now that one size does not fit all. Nope. <laughs> um, it's most. That is, that is not one bucket hat to, to rule them all. It is one bucket hat to bind brain, <laughs> Ben's brain. Um, <laughs> Maybe if we buy a second one, we can, like, cut it open and, oh, like, like put, more, put more bucket hat in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's not a terrible idea. I mean, I don't want a Franken hat, um, but <laughs> I appreciate it. You actually, you know what though? It's French seams. I can replicate that. Oh yeah, no, we've we can, okay. So we have to own up to the fact that all three of us have extensive sewing uh, <laughs> uh, skill. Um, yeah, we could definitely pattern that hat out and then make Ben as many bucket hats in the perfect size that he wants. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that was just one option I was going for. I wanted to to feel the room. Uh, to see if that's how I wanted to go. I do have a much more traditional uh, Gritty Reboots list uh, okay. that, that wasn't going to go so far into the weeds, but the thought occurred to me that a Joe Cocker cover might be considered a Gritty Reboot. Ben, I'm just going to tell you right now that <laughs> not only am I going into the weeds, I'm going past the weeds, through the jungle, out the other side to the desert, so we're into the Arctic. So we're four of weeds? It's going to be... I don't know. I haven't seen that show. Oh. How many bottle episodes does it have? You. I don't know. <laughs> you too. You think you know the weeds, but you came to the weeds as a man. <laughs> you, you were born in the weeds. You know, Ben's got the first pick before you oh, do this. True. I was born in the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> I was an adult before I ever got out of the weeds. <laughs> I was in landscaping for a long time through several jobs. I have... I've been deep in the weeds, and I've weed whacked them all. Um, I've embraced is, my weeds. That's true. I have okay. grown them around me. Uh, so, yes, you are right. Uh, do we want to get started? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Um, I think, uh, well, well, I I know uh, we adore the, the works of Joe Cocker. I believe we've covered a lot of his work. So I'm going to branch off into some di- different directions. Okay. I think I'm going to stick with some of the more traditional, uh, what we would first think of when you think of we- of reboots. And my first, uh, my first pick is going to be the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Oh, nice! nice. More sex, more violence, less Mormonism. 
mm-hmm. not no Mormonism, but less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. They also cut down on the uh, amount of. Oh, I was about to say the amount of um, driving around in cars on Earth, but I'm now realizing that that was that is Doctor- Battlestar Galactica eighty. That was, uh, yeah, that is. <laughs> but they 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 did that again in Caprica, so all good. <laughs> Fair enough. Which is about mega corporations kind of taking I was, over. It's. I was also I was also in my head. I was thinking of Do- Doctor Who, <laughs> oh. um, which a show which has, by its own canon, never been rebooted. Yeah, um, um, that's two thousand four, right? Um, I, I believe yeah. 2004. I just wrote 2000s, um, but I do believe it was 2004. Okay, so I'm going to so start we all. with my most normal pick. Cool. So you're going to take the original Battlestar Galactica on the, on the idea that it is a reboot of Mormonism. A, re- a reboot of Mormonism <laughs> because all of this has happened before and all of you, it will happen You guys again. are closer to the rest of my picks than you realize <laughs> oh, right God. now. But um, for my first pick, I'm going to take Star Trek Discovery. Which right. is in turn a gritty reboot of Star Trek by J.J. Abrams, which is in turn a reboot of Star Trek from the 1960s, which is in turn a reboot of Wagon Train, which is in turn a reboot of Rawhide, which is in turn a reboot of the Gunsmoke radio drama. You, I'm not, I'm not going to debate that there is definitely <laughs> some lineage there, but you have misunderstood the term reboot. Um, <laughs> you will, we will figure that out in I my mean, next pick. Okay. Star Trek is wagon train. Like, it's just, yep. I mean, the the weakest chain in that is calling 1960s Star Trek a gritty reboot of wagon train. Because is it gritty? No. I mean, it forces people to confront their social issues in the 60s. So I say yes. Neither here nor there. Chris, you got two. I don't know. The I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking back, and I think the first episode of Wagon Train is about a um, a priest who abandoned his congregation to be killed. Right? I, I've never seen Wagon Train. Yeah. Well, I I think that it's pretty gritty because the 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 '70s westerns got real revisionist and gritty. But regardless, yeah. Um, Uh, so did you guys know, um, to, sorry, we need to take a brief moment, uh, uh, let's step outside of the draft for a second, because there was something in the very beginning of this, of this episode that I forgot to, to address. Okay. Um, and that is, uh, to update everybody on the status of my soon to be favorite film, uh, the, the, Oh, Dune? Dune. Dune. Uh, so yeah, we're going to take a break, uh, from, from the, from the draft just for a second, uh, to, um, to, to join me over here in my special corner um, with a segment that we will now call Prescient Visions of Dune. Prescient Visions. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. Not in the mood for details. Now you listen to me. Details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. Present visions of Dune. I'm legitimately going to go home and make a musical sticker for this. Okay. <laughs> Good. Because <laughs> um, I just, I tried something. I don't think it worked. It did. So, that's fine. <laughs> since the last time we spoke about uh, the new uh, uh, Den- Dennis Villeneuve, Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I think it's Villeneuve. 
but it, it could also be Villanueva. Um, but since the last time we spoke about it, uh, Jason Momoa has been confirmed. Um, yeah. And As, actually, uh, Duncan Idaho. Yes, Duncan Idaho. And actually, after that, um, every person that you heard being talked about for Dune has now been confirmed as being in it. They literally lost none of the huge names that they were talking about. This film is filming right now. It's probably not filming. It's in production, though. It is going to happen. I didn't think that it was going to happen. Of course, I had prescient visions of it happening. Um, But guess what came out today? What's that? Guess who is making the soundtrack to this? Um... Daft Punk. Danny Elfman? Nope. Uh, well, let's keep guessing. This is fun. Yeah. Trent Reznor. Ooh, I like that, but no. John Williams. Closer. Ooh, ooh. Are they pulling a, a classics and go not a classics, but um like a, a callback with Sting? <laughs> no, that would be great. <laughs> I, I think that Sting's um Sting, the, Sting's contributed enough to the Dune universe. He, he can has. he can sit this one out. I, I really hope I really hope that he has a cameo. <laughs> um, in fact, I would. I don't know if they cast him, but I would love to see Sting as the Padishah Emperor. That'd be fucking great. Um, no, um, think um, <laughs> think more Batman. I already said Danny Elfman. Yeah, who, uh, who else has done a Batman soundtrack? Um, was it uh, Hen? What, oh God, what's his name? Hans Zimmerman. Oh, okay. okay. Is confirmed to do the soundtrack for Dune. Cool. Which I am just so fucking psyched about. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll do yeah. it. He'll do. He'll do a good job. Um, and to jump immediately back into the draft, I am taking this newest version of Dune. As perhaps the grittiest reboot in all of history, something that will likely never be topped. Do you know why that is, Ben? Because you have pressing at vision? Because sand is gritty. I hate it. It gets everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fuck you, Chris. (laughs) I love you, but... (laughs) Do I have to find another second pick? (laughs) I hope not. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. So, first pick, I'm going to take a film that hasn't been um, released okay. yet. Dune um, 2020. Is, Dune 2020. Doesn't that come out, <gasps> like, right at the time of the election, by the way? Barbara Walters should be the, the emperor. I th- yeah, I think <laughs> so. Dune I think it's 2020. 2020. <laughs> 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 All right. All right, Chris, you got one more. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to take... David Lynch is doing no, no. <laughs> I actually, I actually kind of considered it. Um, you take the sci-fi miniseries Dune as well. <laughs> There's so many. I, I would argue that David Lynch's Dune is not a gritty reboot because it's the first film appearance. I don't know. We they, could debate. They, it. We, we could have a conversation. They about did. It. They did something to the source material of that um, of the novel with that film um, that you can really only describe as gritty. Okay. Um, well, uh, my issue isn't the gritty. My issue is the reboot. Okay. Um, to be clear, but yeah. if if we have a situation like that, we can talk about it. Fair. Um, no, I think um, gritty reboot. Um, for my next pick, I have to go back uh, to my childhood, um, to the grittiest reboot uh, probably ever made. Um, a lot of people got used to the uh, this, you know, to. To the original, uh, is very happy, very go lucky. 
Um, and then season three rolls along. And all of a sudden... God damn it! Bob's gone. Uh, Enzo loses an eye. Oh, man. Yeah. They're losing games all of a sudden. They're uh, tripping all across the web. Um, so I'm taking season three of Reboot. Yep. Okay. Season three of Reboot. Season three of Reboot. Probably the greatest reboot. That, hey, that show is way darker than you think it is because it, it implies that every time you play a video game and kill something, you are killing a sentient being. Uh-huh. And if you win the game, you just fuck up the computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. That was on my list. So you went back to the past for that one. Um, I'm going back way farther. Season three of Reboot was what, like 96, 97 maybe? Somewhere in that general I'm, range. I, I'm I think just it's a shot in the dark. It looked really good for its time. Well, yeah. the, the trick is it's Canada animation, so it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back a little bit farther. I'm going to go back about almost 500 years. Okay. All right. And I'm going to take what is arguably the most successful gritty reboot of all time. Started in 1517. Protestantism. The gritty reboot of Christianity. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. You good there, Ben? I'm getting a little stink eye from you. I don't know if that's stink eye cross-eyed or you just don't know what's about to happen. Oh, sh- oh, oh sh- I think he's having a stroke. Ben might be having a stroke. <laughs> Do you smell burnt toast? No. We should stop making burnt toast before we draft. Do you smell theses? Or start making burnt toast before we draft. Do you smell theses being nailed to doors, Ben? No. <laughs> I'm... Okay. <laughs> ben, your pick. Man, that one hurt Ben. That's not even the start of me getting weird, guys. No, he's now going to go back to, uh, to, uh, what, uh, 1095 and draft, uh, uh, Catholicism (laughs) as it splits from Orthodox Christianity. (laughs) Okay. Huh. So... I'm not going to lie. Reboot season three hurt. Cut me deep. Uh, and uh, I've got some some picks here that are close to some other things. So I'm going to I'm going to try and <clears throat> take some take some that have have some room to stand on their own. So my first one or from for my second pick, I'm going to take Batman Begins. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good enough. pick. Uh, I believe Batman has been rebooted several times <laughs> with varying degrees of success uh-huh. and varying degrees of neon. Uh, Actually, um, it is a misconception. The Schumacher films follow in canon from the Burton films. Yes, but I believe the Burton films would be a reboot of uh, 1960s Batman. It depends on if you want to go, because if you could go back to what was actually in the movies, and then you go back to the serial Batman from, like, the 1930s, 40s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. But from the from the, the Batman that the average uh, moviegoer was familiar with, it was, a, it was a departure. And 
I mean, not a bad departure, a good departure, but definitely grittier. But it was a bat departure. Yes. Not a bad departure. No, they were they were all they've all been fairly good departures. And uh, there's a there's a fair amount of bats in most of them too. Yes. So Okay. Yep, Batman begins. So you got that pick. Okay. Um Now I am going to go to I think a, a pick uh I really don't think anybody else would have taken, but something that I really, really enjoy and something that is a part of a, uh, a tale that is uh, hundreds, if not thousands of years old, depending on who tells, you know, who, whether you believe the mythology of it and the legends of it or just the, hey, this was written by, uh, you know, first millennia, you know, bards. Um, I'm going to take the reboot of the Arthurian Tales, King Arthur 2004. Which one was that? That is the movie starring Clive Owen yeah. uh, and Kira Knightley. And uh, if you haven't seen the uh, unrated director's cut of it, very different from the theatrical release and uh, very, very fun. Uh, I really enjoy Arthurian legend. I wrote a... Uh, a really fun thesis paper in uh, college on Merlin and his uh, various depictions. Part of that, I read the most pretentious book I have ever read. Yeah, really? Yes. Whew. My my uh, my uh, religion professor agreed with me. It was a book that was written in English and then would just start quoting things in Italian and French without translating them. Nice, yeah. So it expected the reader to be familiar with three languages uh, fluently and uh, just like, and as we know from this Italian transcript, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I don't know what that means. And it's, you know, not translated here in the book. I'm just going to have to infer. <laughs> but I love the Arthurian legend. I love uh, uh, Merlin in particular. Uh, I love a lot of the, the really fun uh, stories about what he's had to do with the development of England. Mm -hmm. the, the, the mythology of him always keeps popping up. And I really love that movie. Uh, it ties it into Roman times and the Roman uh, retreat out of Britain. And it's fun. Okay. I'm noticing a theme, Ben. Uh, you've, met, you've taken the 2000s reboot of Battlestar Galactica... Batman Begins is 2005, King Arthur is 2004, and I want to jump in. I want to play in that playground. I want to take something from the 2000s. Okay. So I'm going to take good old 43, George W. Bush. <laughs> now, okay. now, George W. Bush is interesting because he's arguably a gritty reboot of three different presidents. Okay. Obviously his father. Yes. Okay. Um, but also Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt. Again, explain those choices, Jafar. Again, I, think, I will I think, next week <laughs> in the debate. Again, I think maybe after after this podcast, uh, after we debate, we we should uh, take a take a sit down and probably discuss how words mean some things and not other things. Um, 
<laughs> but I love the creativity. I really do. Um, See, I was really hoping if you're going to go presidents, you'd go. Uh, uh, <clears throat> oh, why am I blanking on it right now? Uh, with uh, John Quincy Adams. I had thought I. I had a lengthy conversation with our mutual friend Keith about what presidents might count as gritty reboots of others. Um, and this is the one I brought to the table, and we had a discussion about a couple others. And even after that discussion, I still feel like I've got one of the stronger picks cool. out of that pool here. Okay. Um, this is funny, because I actually wanted to get a little po- political, too. Are you going to go Grover Cleveland, who was a gritty reboot of himself? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually... Um, uh, so what I wanted to go for next was um, kind of okay, so obviously we're stretching the word reboot here, right? Uh, it would appear so. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think so, but continue. But my next, uh, my next, my next gritty reboot is really kind of also an origin story. You know how like sometimes in order to reboot something, you travel a little bit earlier into the past and show how it was different, mm-hmm. like with yeah. Star Trek, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the film that I think is being gritty rebooted um, is Mad Max um, slash Road Warrior. Right. Okay. Um, and so for my third pick, I'm going to choose the 2016 election, which is a gritty reboot of Mad Max. Is it just? Isn't it just a prequel? That's. Hmm. I think it's worse. Um. Are we talking, like, Fury Road, or are we talking Thunderdome? Or are you talking, like, OG Mad Max here? I'm talking... Yeah, are we talking, is Mel Gibson getting completely overdubbed? Yeah, like, are we talking The Road Warrior? Are we talking Mad Max? Are we talking Thunderdome? Or are we talking Fury Road? So, really, in the Mad Max world, there's uh, Gibson, and then there's Hardy. Right? Yeah. And that's kind of like a soft reboot, because he's more or less supposed to represent the same character. Right? Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, dri- he's, he's the road warrior. He's, yeah. dri- he's driving the he's same. He's credited the same name. Yeah. He, I mean, maybe there's a Dread Pirate Roberts thing going on where, like, Tom Hardy's character killed Mel Gibson's character, but accepted all of the uh, trappings and even the emotional, yeah. uh, you know, damage and, and kind of like. I actually kind of like that as a, as a, as a theory. <laughs> there's yeah. a fun theory <laughs> that the apocalypse in Mad Max just happened to Australia. <laughs> But they don't know about it because it's <laughs> Australia. <laughs> yeah, Dread Pirate Road Warrior kind of deal. Um, so you are taking the 2016 U.S. election through the lens of Mad Max. Um, yes. Okay. As a direct prelude to the world of Mad Max. And also Waterworld fa- fan theory here. <laughs> I think Waterworld and Mad Max are in the same universe. Australia just floats. Yes. <laughs> like, like the tectonic plate that holds it becomes disattached from the rest of the world and floats. If I was to pick another post-apocalyptic film that fit inside the Road Warrior oeuvre, I would go with uh, Book of Eli. Hmm. That's fair, yeah. Um, isn't there, like, isn't there something, is the, ro- the road, right? Uh, there is also the road. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well... Part of me wants to argue with you, Chris, but part of me knows I've gotten away with so much shit this draft that I can't. So, yeah. nice pick. Okay. All right. 
I mean, it's it, it was kind of I kind of just picked it to make that one joke. So I don't really mm-hmm. know how I'm going to spin. I'm excited to see it. Well, if you want, we can take a short break. We do have some viewer mail we can read, and that is the end of the third round. That is the end of the third round. Yeah, this would be the time to read some viewer. So mail. we can read a little bit of viewer mail because um, I just mentioned our friend Keith, and uh, he did send us his list of cheeses. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read Keith's list of cheeses. Um, update on the status of the stock of the sauce fridge. Um, good. Ellen fell asleep and is still napping, so she hasn't rated it yet. Good. Uh, so the sauce fridge, well stocked. Um, okay, favorite cheeses. Budget in-store every day. We've got uh, Cabot's Seriously Sharp Cheddar. Best on a burger. Smoked horseradish. Mm. Best with anything, farmer's cheese. Fair enough, yeah. Better than Parmesan, and I don't know why everyone doesn't just eat this instead. Kojita? Am I saying that right, or have I watched too much Dragon Ball? That, that looks... Co- oh, co- this, that you, you mixed up the order of those letters. Kotia. Kotia. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with that one. Funniest cheese is cheese from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Hmm. Um, best cheese to talk about with my daughter, Munster, because she calls it Monster Cheese. Cheese that that most boggles the mind by its sheer existence. Little Cheese, the incredible shrinking mouse from Earthsea. I'm not familiar with that. That one went over my head. Um, I'm guessing that is a TV show he watches with his children. I would assume so, but it might be an obscure DC Comics reference. Guys, I'm kind of... Next time that we gritty reboot our own podcast, can there be less content about people having kids? No. No. Sorry. Okay. Um, let's see. We have best cheese to have in your fridge to make people think that you are fl- fancy on the fly. Goat cheese. Add in some fig jelly and serve with crackers and wine uh, when your unexpected guests show up. Best on an apple pie. Smoked Gouda. Hmm. Huh. I don't. I don't cotton to cheese and pie. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it I'm has. Curious. It has a tradition. I know it does, and I, I'm not. I'm not on board. And uh, best cheese for a first date, Love Actually. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's always seemed a holiday movie to me. You know what we should have? Uh, I do podcast. love Love. What we should have an audio stinger for is when two thirds or more of the podcast rolls its eyes at something. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be a, a nifty cue to have. We should really just like take a couple of weeks off the air and develop a bunch of audio stingers, go back and add them into the entire podcast and then delete me saying this and just <laughs> pretend they were there the entire time. Gaslit nights. <laughs> Uh, that's all that Keith has for now. He hopes Miss uh, Gurley found HH. The bunker doesn't seem like the place for babies. Unless he seems com- to be doing very well for himself. Yeah, he does. His note- horde of man spiders has grown to, uh, I'd say, an alarming size. But any man spiders is always alarming. That's true. Um, he does note that is only the case if the commissioner is not actually Jareth. Then he's probably having a good time. Which of the theories I've heard for who the commissioner is, David Bowie is. High on the list. Yeah. Unless, of course, it's just one of us. Yeah, but what kind of ridiculous plot twist would that be after years of podcasting together? Am I right? <laughs> That's not going to happen. Guys, why are you both looking at me weird? Okay, Chris, it's your pick. Cool. All right, round four. 
Um, wow. There's a lot to go on here. Um, Ben, mm -hmm. I have a question for you. And I want you to take your time uh, in considering your answer to this question because uh, it is something that I think that we all should address um, that really it's up to you to come up, come up with your own answer to. This is kind of a question uh, for, for everyone, like a, a touchstone, uh, something something to, to, to think on. Mm -hmm. um, so listeners, please take this with you uh, as you go throughout you know, next week until we release again. Um, and that question, Ben, is um, you want to get nuts? Hmm. Then let's get nuts. I'm taking Batman 89, which regardless of how you look at it is the grittiest reboot of Batman. Um, either looking at it from the point of view of the serials uh, from in the, in the, in the theaters or the incredibly kitsch cheesy 1969 Batman, um, Batman 89 to contrast stars of all people, Michael Keaton mm -hmm. as yep. Batman. Yeah, um, who does a good job? Who does a really great job? But he's, he, but he's really underrated. But he does live in a mansion filled with horrifying suits of armor and artifacts of war. True. And yeah. Vicky Vale, of, of is, Vicky Vale, and Vicky Vale is a, a, a war photographer. No. She takes pictures of war, and Batman is a sadistic psychopathic killer. Chris, may I ask you a question back? Of course. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Um, I would counter by asking you, Ben, um, and, and again, take your time in, in considering this. Uh, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Listen, guys, I don't want to interrupt, uh, but it's my picnic. Oh, you're giving me the eyes. You guys wouldn't hit oh, someone who's wearing Jaffer, glasses, Jaffer, wait, would you? Jaffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see what i did there that was good that was good that was that was a segue gorsh <laughs> why do we fall mr white <laughs> jaffer <laughs> you are my number one guy <laughs> okay um and with that awkward feeling surrounding my entire body um i'm gonna take something that also makes people feel awkward in their entire body uh, my next draft pick is Anti-Vaxxers, oh. the gritty reboot oh, of medieval Jesus. medicine. Uh. <laughs> it's back with a vengeance. I, I, I appreciate uh, the, the call to now just call them pro-preventable diseases instead of anti-vax. <laughs> uh, that's true. I, I like by the same, by the same reason. Pro-needless death. By the same reasoning, you could call flat earthers bad sciencers. <laughs> um, which, by the way, have you guys seen that documentary about No, I've been meaning to watch it. The guy who spends $20,000 to prove the earth is flat and then proves the earth is round. <laughs> I've, I've, there's been a call on the internet that I am super behind to create a... Uh, a reality TV show where they will just give give these people as much money as they want to just try and find the edge. <laughs> and just, we will give you all the money you need. We just get to film you the whole time. 
that so that scenario by the way they're using a laser gyroscope which yes. due to the rotation of the earth always shows a 15 degree an hour tilt right like <laughs> i see like you put them on a plane and they're like okay go that way so you go that way right and eventually you know you hit asia because you went that way and then they're all like no, this pilot drugged me and I fell asleep and it was all ploy and a government conspiracy. So then you pay them to take flying license lessons and you let them fly the plane. <laughs> and then you give them a bunch of cocaine so that there's no way they can fall asleep and then put them in a plane. The and thing I've never got is, okay, the world is a flat disc. Great. Okay. I'm on board. Yes. Why does Australia need to be fake? Why can't the, the the disc just be big enough to also include Australia? Oh no, no, I no, think that was a problem with IKEA map making more than anything else. That's no, no. There is a there is there are so okay. You have to watch this. Oh, I know. They don't it's, believe in Australia. It's no, 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 no. Some of them believe in continents beyond ours that we haven't discovered yet, Ben. Some people think that way. Some people think, oh, it's big enough for Australia. In fact, past. The wall of ice at the edge of the world where Antarctica is. Like this goddamn Game of Thrones in the there's, wall. There's a fucking god. There's another open ocean, an open subarctic ocean, and then more continents. Like a f- like 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 our entire civilization, all what 50,000 years of it, has been just the first disc of an RPG. <laughs> We're about to get the airship. And move oh over. No, Eris is about to die. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Spoilers. Ben, okay. your pick. Oh, but seriously, no. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, though, because they get it. They get this laser gyroscope, and, <laughs> and they, so number one, the idea that they believe enough in the concept of a laser gyroscope, <laughs> but then immediately reject the findings of their laser gyroscope. <laughs> because surprise it shows a 15 degree an hour tilt in the direction of the traveling other and they th- they re- their reasoning is like well we couldn't accept that <laughs> they say whoever built the gyroscope is in the pop- pocket of big globe it's the effect <laughs> ben it's the effect of the heavens turning around up above it and so what they're doing is putting it in increasingly more dense cylinders of metal to isolate it from the heaven rays. <laughs> and I have to believe that at some point, if you have a laser gyroscope inside some suitably heavy piece of... At that point, it would have to be radioactive material. They will inadvertently cause a nuclear apocalypse, and then we get fallout. As long as it's not Fallout 76... Oh, the load times. Do you remember when, on this podcast, I was very, very excited for Fallout 76? I do. That was... Everyone makes mistakes, Ben. (sighs) Hopefully your next draft pick isn't one. Oh, I'm sure it is. Uh, So, uh, you you were right, Jafar. You have shamed me. I have been really living in the the aughts. Uh, So There's no shame in it. I'm going to take it a little bit earlier. I'm going to take it to the year 1998. Okay. And I'm going to go with the gritty reboot of that wonderful, sweet farm family comedy. I'm going Babe 2, Pig in the City. Um, good, good, good pick, Ben. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're taking Babe, making him edgy. 
Uh-huh. He has a, he has a spiked collar in that one. Okay, that's right. He does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Rocking a sixty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's better, better than, than some movies I've seen yeah, lately. Better than both uh, Bad Boys movies. <laughs> still, still bringing that up, Ben. Criminally, <laughs> haven't, haven't let that go. Have you? No, I have not. Okay, well, I love them. They're not good. <laughs> okay, and now for round five. Last picks. Last pick. Um, I'm going to go with something that is my favorite of something, and it does it does dovetail into one of Jafar's picks. But I'm going to go with what I think is the actual grittiest reboot of Star Trek, and I'm taking Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Okay. It is the gritty reboot of the uh, next generation, uh, you know, set of like that decade. That is Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and it was not as well received in its time, but in retrospect has been seen as the, probably uh, by some people, the the best storytelling of, of that 20 years of Star Trek. And I love it, and it makes me very, very happy. All right. 1993's Star Trek Deep Space Nine. All right. Well, um, look in 93. That is about the end of my pick. It was also the end of your 20s? You're funny, Chris. Uh, it was pretty funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Sure. We'll go with funny. He was 23. Um, all right. So my next pick is the grittiest reboot of all reboots, uh, Sans maybe giving Dune the exception for being physically gritty, um, whereas this is orally gritty. Wait, AU? Yeah, AU. Okay, so like, in, in your ears, <coughs> so yeah. like relating to, to to sound, to, to sound. relating to sound. Yeah, I saw the look you made. Um, okay, I'm gonna take grunge. All right, <laughs> I'm interested in in now asking what. What previous genre was rebooted in order to make grunge? Um, I would argue punk that punk and also alternative rock. And it is a counter-movement to New Wave, which in turn was a counter-movement to Disco, which in turn was a counter-movement to rock and roll, and hence is which a gritty in, reboot of Which in turn was rock a counter-movement to folk. Um, yeah. Which in turn was a counter-movement to jazz. Uh, musically, grunge has a lot in common with punk which and Which in turn was a counter-movement to classical music which in turn was a counter-movement to the classical music that came before that. And so on and so forth. And turtles all the way down. uh, Grunge. Grunge music. Including one of my favorite gritty reboots of all time, Nirvana's The Man Who Sold the World. That is a good... That is a gritty reboot. Yeah. All right, Chris. Time to finish it out. Last (sighs) pick. Oh, man. I really don't know. Um... And by that, I mean, I, I literally didn't get this far um, in preparing my picks ahead of time. Whew. I mean, I've got an extra. It's going to be an honorable mention, but you hit me up with the cheese, so I can pay you back one. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and put this over here. 
if you want it, you can take that. That's, you can take I, that if you want I it. I feel like I'm going to have enough enough troubles uh, trying to spin some comedy gold out of the election of 2016. Fair enough. Um, it's got to be sexy. Okay. I don't know how, but it, I know that it has to be sexy. Like how sexy? Um, On a scale of one to nights. Probably nights. Okay, that's pretty sexy. Plus or minus one. Okay. Um, Plus one on nights. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that would be draft the universe early mornings. (laughs) Draft the universe. I need coffee. (laughs) No, I'm thinking more of a draft the universe. Cocaine. Okay. Like 3 a.m., you know? Okay, yeah. Yeah. We'll probably help them. Are you drafting Bob Dylan with electric guitar? <laughs> are you drafting David Bowie's 1970s? Just the whole fucking decade? <laughs> no, you know what? I'm drafting something very near and dear to my heart. Okay. I'm drafting my 30s. Because they are the definitive gritty reboot of my 20s. Fair enough. Literally almost in the same place as I was at the beginning of my 20s now. In terms of overall life situation. Um, uh, but this time, this next decade, um, it's going to get weird, folks. Yeah. I mean, you're going to turn 40 at the end of it. Uh, you're going to have a midlife crisis. Um, all the polar ice caps are going to melt. You know, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that happens in the next 10 years. It's going to be worthwhile. I am so excited because my, thir- my 30s are actually going to be a gritty reboot of The Last of Us. Ooh, ooh, let's let's hope that was. I'm real allergic to mushrooms. (laughs) That game is real. That's like the worst, the worst possible apocalypse for you, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. It really is. (laughs) They're just running around, and I'm just choking. Yeah, just like bad. It doesn't. It's (laughs) well, you're not just you're not choking. You're just like super fucking emotional the whole time. (laughs) Which which is which is tough because The Last of Us is a very emotionally trying time. Yeah, I couldn't finish it. That game took too much out of me. Oh, man. You know what else took too much out of me? Your 30s? Oh, my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't know how, I don't know what's going to be left over when I'm at the end of my 30s. Also, life is strange. You made yeah. me cry real hard. Life is strange made me cry real hard. I haven't gotten through before the storm yet because I know I'm going to cry real hard. How do you... How, I don't even... I bought the game. I loved Life is Strange so much that I bought before the storm. A game which I know that I cannot complete. <laughs> right. It's and almost... Life is Strange 2 is happening right now. And they already met the kid whose dad beats the shit out of him. And I don't even know. Huh. <sighs> I play games for escapism. <laughs> See, <laughs> honorable mentions. I was kind of. I, I didn't. I didn't know if um to just to briefly talk about life is strange. Yeah. Does it have Does it have the same emotional impact for you, a man in his thirties, now that you're not role playing as a teenage girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was what that game was six or seven years ago. So I was what like forty five. Yeah. When it came out, I can make the shitty jokes too, Chris. <laughs> No one knows my age. Well, your spirit animal... That's because we haven't carbon dated <laughs> your, your, you yet. Your spirit animal is an 18-year-old lesbian. <laughs> um, 
I wish you were wrong, but you're not. I don't even know why I wish you were wrong. I'm going to fucking own it. You're right. My spirit animal is an 18-year-old lesbian. That's my life. I'm going to fucking live it the way I want. Embrace dude, my spirit dude, animal. You do. Animal. Fuck you, mom and dad. You do you. Let's let's all let's all agree no. on something. We are all in our thirties now, right? Yeah. Yes. We are all in our thirties. Let's get fucking weird with it. <laughs> okay. You do you. Your spirit animal is uh, a thirteen-year-old lesbian. Eight, Eighteen. Don't, don't sorry. Make it weird. Sorry. <laughs> that was a, that was a, a miss a misspeak. We're gonna redub that. Your spirit animal is an eighteen-year-old lesbian. Uh, Ben's spirit animal is Abraham fucking Lincoln, I think. Um, yeah, take it. <laughs> um, okay. My spirit animal, um, I don't know. What's the intersection of like fucking latex uh, skin suits and still suits? Um, um, I think that's just latex skin suits and still suits, Chris. Those are the same thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, wouldn't it be Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction? No. <laughs> Because it's it's latex. Just because you're in cardiac arrest doesn't mean it's a still suit. No, but he's there's the there's the gimp, and then there is nonlinear storytelling. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh man, Dune is a reboot of Pulp Fiction, I guess. Or do or Pulp Fiction is a reboot of Dune? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pulp Fiction is a reboot of Dune. The golden glow from the suitcase is the spice. Okay, I can buy it. Yeah, yeah I'm in. So honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got two. Yeah, I don't know if you guys want to go first. Um, so we had some arguments about this one before we started. I was going to go with crunchy peanut butter, uh, being the gritty reboot of creamy peanut butter, but, uh, both Chris and Jaffer were adamant, very firmly adamant, that crunchy peanut butter probably came first. It Uh, did, because you know what happened before either of those things? Peanuts. Do you know what happened slightly after peanuts happened? Somebody put peanuts in their mouth, crunched them up, and before they were a perfectly homogenous mixture that was very creamy and could be spread, they were a crunchy mixture that could kind of be spread, but not quite as good. Not to mention, just the process of making peanut butter, isn't it crunchy before it's creamy? Yeah, but... Like, it's not fully ground and made yet, so it's... Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe maybe you start with a powder and... There was then, enough debate that I did not pick it, and then uh, my other honorable mention is Doritos 3D. Yeah, good pick. Good pick. Yeah, nice absolutely. honorable mention. Um, I got two honorable mentions. Um, I've got uh, Richard Spencer and the All Right, who Ooh. are the shitty, gritty reboot of The Clan. Yeah. Fight me, bro. Um, and then I've got uh, Wells Fargo, the modern day bank, <laughs> which is a gritty reboot of Tales from Wells Fargo, the 60s TV show set in the Old West. Where Wells Fargo would help stop the bad guys. That's literally the tagline from the show. Wells Fargo now, of course, being the bad guys. They always were. <laughs> Weren't they, though? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll, just a, an honorable shout out to something that was uh, suggested to me, um, but that I didn't quite know well enough uh, to, to, to pick. Um, but I wasn't aware that the Italian job was a reboot. Oh, the Mark Wahlberg one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and in terms of reboots that I appreciate, any, any re- reboots that add 100% more Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first one is... Uh, 1969. Donald Sutherland? I think so, yeah. And it has one of the... It is one of those classics that everybody's like, oh man, that movie is great. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, this is... This is the... Uh, the writers wrote themselves into a corner 
and just ended the movie and made it seem like it was incredibly <laughs> clever. Because they get themselves in a position where the school bus they're on that is full of gold is teetering on the edge of a cliff. And if anybody moves, it's going to fall off. And then Donald Sutherland goes, wait, I've got an idea. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is clear that they wrote themselves into a corner and just didn't end the movie. And that is the end of the movie. <laughs> They did the same thing with Monty Python and the Holy Grail, didn't they? Well, they that was they ran out of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what else was a really good uh, gritty reboot? I mean, this in all honesty, um, uh, True Grit. Oh yes, with uh, mm-hmm. with Jeff Bridges, and that is that is a funny funny thing because it is kind of a reboot, a gritty reboot that reversed uh, the previous interpretation. So. Uh, True Grit is a novel Mm -hmm. that they considerably softened for John Wayne's iconic portrayal. Um, And by considerably softened, I mean that Rooster Cogburn survives the events of True Grit in the John Wayne version. In the book, he dies similarly to the Jeff Bridges. And then the the Jeff Bridges one came around and they remade it. But also, John Wayne's late career was kind of a gritty reboot of his early career. Fucking watch The Searchers, man. Oh, the fucking searchers. I'm, I've always been more of a Clint Eastwood versus John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Both of them, in retrospect, incredibly problematic human beings. Uh, but uh, Ben, this is 2019. Um, I think we can all get get on board with something here. Uh, just to establish this as kind of like a... a separating the art from the, the, a standing, the creators. A standing continuity. Um, there is nobody on the face of this planet who is not morally suspect in some way. Um, and the more money you make, the more likely it is that your moral, uh, your area of moral suspect includes doing terrible things to uh, people who cannot afford to stand up to you. So far, so, so far, Paul Rudd seems pretty cool. Did you hear, though? Because there's a rumor going around that Paul Rudd um, uh, beats, beats the homeless um, for money. Oh, yeah. It's actually the latest UFC promotion. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, if we're just going to throw out some uh, other gritty reboots, I guess we can we can talk about Casino Royale, maybe? Oh, yeah. That was on my topic. list. That was on my list. Casino Royale is an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Is, is there it, are people is who it, get it? real mad if you if you try and say it's out, out of continuity or where it belongs or what happens. Yeah. People really bend over backwards to make all of the, the Bond films fit into a single timeline. And which they do not help you like Doctor Who helps you. <laughs> no, no. Although I will say that the Craig Bond films might have represented the first real and intentional reboot. But there is a there is a line of thought that it is not a reboot; it is just a prequel. And in between, uh, uh, the end of Skyfall mm-hmm. and the beginning of uh, Spectre. It's like two thirds of Connery. like almost all of the Bond films take place. That's interesting. Oh, just all of them. Okay. Yes, in between, uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes giving him his first mission, mm-hmm. and the you know end because uh, yeah, canonically they never killed uh, um, uh, Blofeld, so mm-hmm. he can keep showing back up. I also think. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but at the end of Spectre, 
doesn't uh, Bond and um, and why am I not remembering her name? I think her name is Madeline Madeline Swan or something yes. like that. Um, don't they drive off into the countryside in a car that looks a lot like the car that wrecks killing Bond's wife in the well, very she first gets shot. Uh, and that is not the first one that is in uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Right after their wedding, uh, when Man. he marries Tracy Bond. You know what? That's played another- by Diana Rigg, who is a treasure. Here's here's a uh, an idea for a limited run podcast. Um, we really only have to do one episode every couple of years or so. Why don't we start a podcast where we stitch together all of the Bond films into a perfect continuity? That would be very, very difficult, but <laughs> I love Bond enough that I would be willing to try. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. How do you explain how many different people Felix is? How do you explain uh, that there Maude was... Adams plays three different people? <laughs> there, was a, there was a period of time where even film to film, they didn't try to cast the same person as Felix. I believe uh, there are one of one actor uh, has been in three and then one has been in two. The rest are one and doneers. Yeah. All yeah. right. Felix has been rebooted more than Bond himself. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was also going to throw The Last Jedi out there as a gritty reboot of Empire Strikes Back. But uh, we, don't, we don't have to get uh, into that too much. I think it's kind of like a retcon more than a reboot. Mm-hmm. It's really neither. But I think it's all in the same timeline. Yeah. It's just thematically. So yeah, uh, gritty reboots. I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I got everything I wanted. Depending on what the criteria are, my list is either going to be perfectly designed yeah. or very, very tricky to try and fit into some stuff. Oh shit! Godzilla '98. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, I was gonna end with that. Oh, I, <laughs> it's fine. With Jean Reno. Yeah, Godzilla '98. Oh, we we could it. be heroes. We left it on the table, guys. Yeah. Fuck. There's always something left on the table. It was not meant for us to have. But what was meant for us to have... Oh, was our theme song, How It Feels, from the band, from the band, the Kickstand Band. Wow, that's a really awkward way to say it. Where can you find their music, Chris? Uh, You can find their music at thekickstandband.bandcamp.com. Fucking right you can. I'm your hype man now. And feel free to shoot us an email, email. like Keith did at draftuniverse@gmail.com. Yeah, we'll probably read it on the air. And you I can, can uh, guarantee you. I can I can literally guarantee you. Guarantee. If you send us an email, we will read it on a future episode. I promise. We might not read the whole thing. If you make it foul, we will read some small part of the it. The foul's not going to stop us. The foulness <laughs> it probably won't stop us. Bring it on. Um but yeah, Send us an email. We will read it. We have nothing better to do. Except, ex- okay. Except, except extend and desperate there, loop. Except, fuck, except extend and loop our end credits over and over again so that we can continue ranting over them. And while we're doing that, why don't we head over to facebook.com slash draft the universe or Twitter at draft the verse. Or if you feel like joining the conversation, you can by uh, messaging us, uh, posting on our wall, or using the hashtag draft the universe i like to think of it like the more that we talk at the end of this after we've clearly already started rolling the credits the more of this awesome theme song that people get to hear listen I just to it record Isn't scratched it, it last episode like, in the edit i should really i'm editing this one and i don't know how to do that so thanks chris <laughs> so here's what happens ben 
Um, if, if also because of you guys, I have one day to turn this around. <laughs> so fuck you guys. Uh, I tried. Uh, hey, I know. <laughs> Goodbye, internet. Bye. Good night, internet. We can't, we can't call it like that. <laughs> That's fine. I don't want to ruin anyone's punchlines. I've got all my picks already. Give me a clap. Three, two, one. Thank you. I'm glad that's become my thing. I'm glad you've got a thing, even if it's just clapping. Got other things. <laughs> I've got other things. <laughs> oh, wow! That's the quickest button I think we've ever gotten. Fuck <laughs> <Look>, you guys. <laughs> It's also the only time that we'll, we'll, we won't have to cut out that clap. <laughs> yeah. So, Ben, your achievement will finally be known. <laughs>